T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. If I hadn't... Um given consideration uh, to what it would mean to miss games, I wouldn't be doing my job. Obviously, I pay attention to that. I, I see missing games as a disastrous outcome for, the, for this industry, and we're committed to making an agreement in an effort to avoid that. That's Rob Manfred right there, my friend. Your favorite. Rob Manclown. CEO of baseball. Is it Manclown or Clownfred? Which is the way we want to go with the, the owner's pool boy? I, I like the uh, text we got at the top of the show, which says, from the 815, of course, this show sucks almost as much as Rob Manfred, but it's not there yet. Always good to have a goal. We need to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, Later this hour, 1220, we'll talk with Paul Sullivan, the curmudgeon of the Chicago Tribune, in the curmudgeonly wake of the news. He writes that column. He has seen his share of work stoppages in baseball as a baseball writing legend. We'll talk to Sully about that. And then in the back half of the hour, we'll talk with Dave the Cat's owner, because he's <laughs> the latest overnight he did for That You Suck. So we have suckage synergy with Mark Grody. And Saturday Suckage, it is his show. He's not on the show. Espo's on the show, but Grody will be on this show. So Ian Happ was on with Blamestein and Rahimi this week. And Dan and Layla were talking to the Cubs union rep about what's going on. So I, we, we thought it would be really instructive to bring this back and have a discussion about, I mean, I hate work stoppage discussions because Everything is the, this is the number one rule in life, follow the money. Yep. I've always believed people who, I used to be a guy who thought the players were greedy, and then once you followed the money and you saw how deceitful and the long con that owners are playing, that they just want to claim poverty and don't want to show you the books, and they want to claim that, give you an example, there would be, say, the rooftops. Is that baseball income? Uh, or is that a real estate investment by the Ricketts family that was a smart investment? I'm thinking they're going to say B. Okay. But it's there's no rooftop investment if well, there's not baseball. Well, there might be, but there, the there would not be the the accelerated value. No right? way. Okay. Nope. So anyways, that's what players are dealing with. 
and players are locked out. The owners locked out the players. The owners said, you can't play baseball, and then the owners refused to negotiate. The players are down, mostly down in Florida. The player reps are in Florida, in Jupiter. But they would be, this would have been spring training today. This is, we, you know, we we talked about this. Well, the, the full, I mean, sure. players and no, you know, it's, Super day after Super Bowl is when they're supposed to report. And but. we talked about this before the show. And just, I mean, you notice because it's like your sports world works in very structured ways. The Super Bowl happens, and mm-hmm. then very quickly thereafter, spring training starts. So catchers we and catchers report. Yes, and that is that is the rhythm by which most of us live our sports lives, and especially those of us who love baseball. You need that. I mean, that's like like we're missing. It's the 26th of February. We're starting games normally by now, or this week, right? Yeah. Spring training games. You've already had your, you know, Bruce and everyone else who covers baseball, Sully, down there at camp. You're hearing about, you know, all of your various uh, newcomers. You know, we'd have Marcus Stroman stories. We would have all the White Sox editions. You know, we would get all of of the talk going on. We already know where Chris, Chris Bryan is. We'd know oh. maybe and, the White Sox and and no offense to and actually there was a bit of news I heard them talking not that it's news but that the White Sox would be one of a handful of teams looking at free agent outfielders like Conforto and Chris Bryant I learned that this morning from inside the clubhouse with uh, Bruce and David so mm-hmm. enjoyable there but I mean all of this stuff like we're, we've missed two weeks of camp already mm-hmm. so here's here's Ian Happ with a. Kind of a an overview. It's either a be opening statement or a conclusion. You make out of it what you want. But he's trying to explain to you what Major League Baseball players as a as the Cubs player Cubs player rep and what they're looking at, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. We have a group of players who, in the middle or the end, what would hopefully be the end of their off season when they would be traveling to Arizona or Florida or wherever, and kind of spending those last few days with their family and loved ones and friends. They're jumping on a plane and traveling to Florida and West Palm to be there in person to try to help move these things along. I think that's the players want this, the attentiveness from the entire group, all of the reps and other veteran players who are so involved in what's going on, all the hours that guys have put into being on. I can't count the number of hours that I've spent on Zoom calls and phone calls and text chains about what's going on and trying to help push this thing in the right direction because the players are are so heavily committed to getting this back on track and we hope that the fans understand what we're fighting for that's Ian Happy who's on with Bernstein Rahimi this week yeah flat tax no sense and you you have well that's it that's what he says later right as he's trying to what he's trying to get fans to understand is understand that They make a lot of money, and and Max Scherzer pulls up in a Porsche, and he 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 makes forty million a year, right. and whatever. Don't but, think of, yes, but the the people who are he's negotiating with right. are billionaires, not millionaires. Well, and here's the thing, right? And I think this is part of the problem. The fans feel like they know the players; they're familiar with them. You you spend all That's summer. That's why they them. go correct, and you you feel like you understand them. You also get if you're you know random utility infielder or utility whatever, and you make a million dollars a year or $2 million or whatever it is. You know, the average Joe can understand, Hey, you know, that guy's making some good money. What you don't understand is, you know, what you can't even comprehend necessarily franchise values, you know, 
ownership, the the dollars, the the number of dollars floating around in ownership and how the franchise value uh, just raises their net worth and all of the other things, all of the other income streams and everything else that they get through baseball. You're not thinking, hey, this guy made $100 million last year. You can't comprehend that. I can't comprehend that. You can comprehend the guy down the block making a million bucks, right? I mean, that's that's something that you can comprehend. You know Max Scherzer out there showing up in his Porsche making $40 million a year. You also know his salary. You don't know what the owners make. The worst thing that happened to the owners was Liberty Media owning the Braves. Yeah. It's like and, the Packers thing with football, right? And the Braves had to release their, as a, as a publicly traded company, the financial report by Liberty Media shows the the Braves surpassed the half-billion-dollar revenue mark for the first time. So $568 million. Million. So according to Jeff Passan, former guest on the Parkins and Spiegel show, I think it was Parkins, maybe it was McNeil and Parkins, whatever it was, they make $6 million in revenue per game, the Braves did. They won the World Series, mm-hmm. So that, but they're – and and they got the new stadium like everybody got the new stadium and they don't have anyways that's what baseball owners don't want you to know this is a bad thing for people to know sure you have to understand the owners have already already lied to the players and already lied to you it's not that they locked them out and then f- refused to negotiate and then said we're poor it's that they said well, unless we get an agreement, this is like two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we get an agreement done by February 28th, we're going to have to can- cancel. We're already games. Yep. canceling games. The earliest we could play games is March 5th. <clears throat> okay? Mm-hmm. If nothing is done by Monday, Monday's day is Feb- February Correct. 28th. Yep. Well, right now, baseball owners, they've lied to everybody and said, okay, we're canceling games through March 7th. So the earliest. We'll play is March 8th. Why? We haven't even reached the first deadline. And now you're moving the goalposts. Understand the owners are in this to deceive you, to to make sure that they follow the money. Number one rule in life. Follow mm-hmm. the money. Never more so than in baseball. And what the owners are doing is just making things up as they go along. They don't care. They, have, they will never worry about their credibility with players or the public. Because it doesn't matter. Only money matters. Nobody's taking the teams away from them. Well, that's. there used to be a time when the Baseball Players Association was the strongest union maybe in the world. Yeah. Certainly in sports. It was the model for sports. It brought the owners to their knees every time. That's not been the case lately. If the baseball players wanted to make a point, they would have a war chest prepared to sit out the season. Because what happens is the players get paid during the regular season. The that owners make their money in the playoffs. That they do. And I was just going to say that. Missing April and May games when your attendance is lightest mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you're know you not missing any of that TV money from the playoffs, the owners probably, and I don't want to say they don't care, but they probably care very little about April gate receipts games. Bigger picture, they don't. No. So you brought up the flat tax this is what the play, another thing that there's no reason for the players to believe the owners because the owners are they have their own ideas of what they consider baseball revenue and what they consider at, um, baseball investments and what they consider 
they're they're gaining, what their profits are. Here's Ian Happ on with Bernstein Rahimi about the that a flat tax is supposed to be it's gotta remain flat. We're just not making any money, guys. It would be crazy in an industry that is growing the way that baseball is to think that we would be in a place where the luxury tax would be flat for the next two years. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you would hope that that's something that I think everybody would understand. It makes total sense when you see baseball, what baseball owners are doing in and around the stadium. Mm-hmm. What oh. are they, what are the Cubs doing? What are they building? No now? question. What are they building now? Attaching it to Wrigley sports books. And they don't want to, and and I guarantee you, they don't want to consider that. They'll claim that's not baseball income. Mm-hmm. That's just another business we have. Well, and and that's crap. And listen, and walking around Wrigleyville right now, if you haven't been down there in, you know, a while, let's put it that way. I have not. Tell me about it. Well, I can tell you because of COVID, and I'm down there all the time. I was used to be, and and it, uh, have been down there many many times. But because of COVID between two years ago and then this past season, I had not been down there. I don't live in the city anymore. I'm out in the burbs. But coming down for Cubs baseball, I would always be down there a bunch. It had changed so much just in those two years with all of the stuff across the street. The hotel, Zachary, I believe it's called, the, the, you know, the Ricketts family hotel that they own. All of the other buildings around there. And listen, it's beautiful. They've spent a ton of money making all of these uh, places attractions, places you want to go and hang and spend money at, whatever. But those are all tied in one way or another to the fact that there is baseball across the street with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, there's not a hotel there if the Cubs aren't there, right? I mean, who cares about a hotel on Clark and Addison if there's not Wrigley Field across the street? There might be, uh, but I think in that case, there there would be a hotel, Zachary. It would be a ginger-haired kind of hotel, <laughs> right? Right, it would be... <laughs> Right. I mean, and just that was kind of to me and whatever. I mean, we're getting off track, but part of the charm of Wrigleyville in the in the 80s when, you know, when it went from uh, nothing to being a thing, when people started showing up in 84 and then beyond with Harry Carey and the Cubs and whatever is you had some of that neighborhood feel still. Right. I mean, you still had, you know, Joe Schmo across the street who runs a bar who's literally across the street on Sheffield and you could still go in there. It's still the same place. And gradually all those places have gotten bought out right i mean that's that's just what happens so right you're an applebee's away from having wrigleyville (laughs) turned into (laughs) schaumburg exactly all right we'll um we'll take a break we come back we will talk to someone if if you think we're curmudgeons when do we talk to paul sullivan of the tribune so we will do that he's seen his share of work stoppages where this might go what this might and do the players i mean the central question is what what strength resolve does he think the players have because that's always been the way baseball has changed Nobody comes to see Tom Ricketts own. Everybody comes to see Chris Bryant play. Oh, no, they don't have Chris Bryant. Okay, everybody comes to see Javi Baez play. No, they don't have Chris. Is Wilson Contreras still a Cub? or don't Frank we? the Tank, maybe? Yeah, all right. Wilson Contreras is still a Cub for now. All right, well, there you go. He, he's got a check of mark the, next to his One name. of my diva's secret boyfriends. Okay. He's the, the one who's still with the team. All right. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We suck so you don't have to, though. Baseball negotiations and and MLB pool boy Rob Manfred are certainly trying to take that away from us. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. This is Sports Radio 670, the score. Chicago's sports station. You're always 
one breakthrough away from making an agreement. You never, I mean, that's the art of this process. Um, somebody makes a move, and that's why we'll make additional moves on Saturday that creates flexibility on the other side and what seemed like a big gap on this topic or that topic isn't such a big gap anymore. So it's just, it's hard for me to answer that better than that. That's MLB owner's pool boy, Rob Manfred, talking optimistically. Of course, he shows up and he thinks, tries to act like a superhero when really he's got, he's got nothing to do until owners tell him what to do. What does Paul Sullivan think the owners are going to tell him what to do? He's our next guest. He's joining us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Sully, you old curmudgeon, how are you? How you doing? Doing good. good so, what do you think good of this? Talk to you. Haven't you, seen you. It has been a, has been a long time. Yeah, we'll never see each other. No, we're not allowed to. COVID. Just on video screens. COVID yeah. says no. Yeah. So, what is what is this? What do you, given your your experience and all these many work stoppages with the the owners playing the long con and getting used to finally beating the players and the players nowadays not knowing what it's like to beat the owners and stand for something and stand until the owners crumble and and fill their pants what do you make of the situation now well um unless there's an agreement in a couple days which doesn't seem very likely (laughs) uh you know the start of the season is going to be postponed. And if you're going to postpone the start of the season, then, you know, once people get it in their heads that games are going to be canceled, you know, this can go on for quite a while. Um, The fact that Manfred is just, just now getting involved um, is kind of strange because, you know, it's been going on since December. So you would think that, uh, Maybe he'd show some urgency at least at the start of January, but and and just a few weeks ago, let's remember he was bragging that uh, he's like the only one that you know he used to be a negotiator, uh, labor negotiator with MLB before he became uh, the commissioner, and he said you know all all the four labor contracts that he was involved in never came to any you know any lockout or strike and, you know, he's bragging about what a great negotiator is. So, you know, let's, let's see what he can do. I mean, uh, if you're that good, then do it. Um, I I don't think the owners have any urgency at all to, to start the season on time. And I think, uh, you know, I can't prove this, but having spring training going on with minor leaguers is just fine with a lot of them because they're getting the coverage. (laughs) People are, it's, spring training is going to go on without the major leaguers. It's just the, uh, you know, guys that you never heard of. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit weird uh, for those of us who are in our baseball routines and who look forward to spring training so much. But and I want to ask you this, and this is just my own theory. Uh, you know, after '94, they lost the World Series. Baseball had such a hard time coming back, and then we had the '98 home run chase with Sosa and McGuire, and all of that. You know, and all the time there was labor peace after that. Once, once you had yeah. the you know hitting bottom of whatever you want to call it of missing a World Series, 
they seem to understand both sides that, hey, let's let's work this out. I, are we that far away from this? I guess they, they don't feel that anymore. No, I think uh, and one of the problems, I think, is the owners, you know, the, the union used to beat them almost all the time. I mean, the, the 94 player strike was all about uh, trying to avoid a salary cap. And uh, they won that, um, although now that with the uh, luxury tax, um, the competitive balance tax or whatever they call it, it's basically served as a de facto salary cap and teams are reluctant to go over it. The players want that to be, to go up significantly. The owners just want, you know, minor incremental um, changes for the next four or five years. So, I mean, that, that that's a long way away on that one. And that seems to be the major issue, although there's plenty of other side issues there. So uh, yeah, I think the, the, the players want to win. And they haven't had one in a while and uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to wait for it. And uh, if it takes uh, losing games, then so be it. So, you know, obviously we say this all the time, the fans are the ones getting hurt and, you know, the workers, the ballparks, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see any other way around it at this point. We're talking with Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. He writes the, in the wake of the news column and he had written about, MLB negotiations moving badly, slowly, and the clock is ticking. And I I always perceive the players as, like when Espo said, there's been labor peace. That means the players gave in. So for the last 20 years, they've given in. More than the last 20 years. What used to be is the players dictated things. People came to see the players play, not to see the owners own. And... They would win, and the player and the owners were confounded by how come they keep winning, how come we keep doing this, and the players get their money during the regular season. That's why the pressure is all on them. The owners get mm-hmm. theirs in the postseason. So if the players were going to exact any kind of revenge and and wrest power back, they'd have to cancel a year so that the owners do not get their postseason money, which is their that's their windfall. I don't know that that happens now. I think in previous leadership with the Players Association, it might have happened because they, they're going into a season, they don't have a season, and they say, you know what? Well, we're living without games. We'll see how long you think you can live without games and there won't be a season. And you don't have to actually cancel October. You can cancel October in August and know there won't be a time to get a season so the owners can yeah. feel the pressure. Do you think that this Players Association is strong enough to do something like that? I don't know. That's that's a good question because obviously uh, Tony Clark is, is the guy in charge now, and he's a former player, but he, he's not a lawyer, obviously, and he, he not probably as uh, you know as good a negotiator as a lawyer. They do have lawyers working for the Players Association, of course, but. Uh, I don't know. The players make so much money now that uh, I think, uh, you know, you're really some of these issues like, you know, minimum uh, salaries for, you know, first, second year players are those guys. I, I know that that's an important issue, but is that really worth <laughs> losing, you know, their 300 million contract over, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, so I could see some of them like caving in, but um, 
I don't know. It, it, we're taking off a lot of them to cave in on this. And, and let's let's not forget they're locked out. <laughs> so it's not like the players' strike where remember back. Well, I don't know if people do remember, but when the player strike was going on and there was spring training, there's players like Lenny Dykstra, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to I'm playing. I'm going to you know, cross the line. Screw this. And, uh, you know, they quickly the union shut them up. But <laughs> I, I don't see I don't see guys like Lenny Dykstra doing that right now. Uh, I think they're all just going to trust. Because the guys that are the players that are in charge there that that I see the most, uh, like Scherzer and um, Andrew Miller, those are pretty smart guys, and they've made their money. You know, they don't. This is not going to benefit them in the future because they've made their money. They're they're fighting for players that are you know first second year players that they don't think are, are getting theirs. So. It, people forget about all the new revenue streams too since the last, you know, few labor agreements, uh, the streaming, and you know, gambling coming just, up. Uh, the gambling—they're going to make so much money on the gambling. Right. Uh, it just—it's just nonstop. So, uh, as much as players do get a lot of money, and you don't feel sorry for them, uh, the owners are just just going to make money hands over fist. They already are, but you know, you'd have to be a real idiot to own a baseball team and not make a ton of money at this point. Yep. Well, and, and you called it right. I mean, this is a lockout. They, they locked the players out and then there was no contact for what, almost the two months uh, before uh, yeah. Feb one rolled around. So, I mean, it's not like they were dying to get a deal done. I think this is, uh, as you said, Part of how they negotiate, they're they're banking on once the players start missing checks, if we get to that point, yeah. which it looks like, that they're going to cave. And they think fans will turn on players because, you know, they don't really know the owners, but they know the players. And and a lot of fans will. They'll be like, you know, you know screw you guys. You make, you know, $10 million and you're going on. People still think they're going on yes, strike when they're not going on strike. But, uh, you know, back at the, the old one in 95, uh, which is, I guess, the one I can only refer to from it was like the start of my baseball writing career. Um, they came back without an agreement, as people seem to forget. The, the, the players agreed to play and then continue to, uh, you know, negotiate for the CBA. And the CBA wasn't really done until some point during the season so they they could do that the owners could say okay we won't lock you out you know come back and we'll continue to bargain but uh then the players would have the uh obviously would have the upper hand because they could go on strike hmm. and then you know well it, so it, it wasn't all the lockout stuff part, part of that too sully they didn't want the players to go on strike so they locked them out exactly yeah i mean they're thinking, and as they said at the time, it was, well, better to have it now than, you know, during the season. We don't have canceled games. It's the off season, But, of course, that was under the premise that they would be negotiating <laughs> through the winter, which obviously did not happen. And, you know, Manfred just showing up all of a sudden is, you know, with three, four days when the deadline is, what, Monday, I think? There's self-imposed deadline. It's just ludicrous that, you know, if, if you're that interested in getting the season started on time, then, you know, get involved. 
Yeah, they just show up at the last minute and say, "Hey, this is our deadline." They, you know, they aren't. They never have been. Okay, last question: Chris Bryant, Nick Nick Castellanos, or Michael Conforto? <laughs> Who should the White Sox sign? Chris Bryant. I'd never heard that. Is that, is that a rumor? Chris Bryant going Jim, to the White Jim, Sox? Yeah, you know, Jim Bo, Jim Bowden was uh, was tweeted out. Rockies, Mariners, White Sox heavily involved in the free agent market when the lockout ends. Chris Bryant, Nicholas Castellanos, Michael Conforto. Say a Suzuki. Ah, uh, she's. I would say a Conforto. I. I don't see Bryant. Uh, I mean, he's. No, he's going to want the money. I mean, some guys are going to come back. We'll see. It's going to be a free for all, and some guys are just going to say, "Okay, like just get me some team. I'll take a year, two years." Uh, but I don't think anyone that has Scott Boris as an agent is going to do that. He's going to still want his money. You know, the Koreas and the Bryants, those guys are, they're going to still want their long-term deals. But a guy like, you know, Conforto, maybe he'd go for one, two years. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll actually get to talk about this in reality as opposed to just <laughs> Hopefully. As, as an intentionally ironic joke at the end of an interview. Thanks, Sully. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See you well. See you, Sully. Paul Sullivan, Chicago Tribune in the wake of the news. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for What Mark Heard. What did he hear? We'll find out. We'll find out because we're actually going to bring on Mark. Mark Rody's going to be here. And last week on Overnight, Score Overnights, the Grobber Show, he did And For That You Suck. So we'll talk about And For That You Suck. We need to hear about On this. Saturday Suckage, yep. what Mark heard. He's Mike Esposito. He's in for Grody, who was in for Espo, who was in for Jordan Burnfield, who was in for Wayne Randazzo, who was in for Matt Spiegel. Who is in for Brian Peruk, and now they're coaching baseball with <laughs> Espo. This is what a thing. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Rohde and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Yes, indeed. Saturday Suckage with What Mark Heard. Even though we heard Mark's not on the show, but we heard he was doing For That You Suck. So we're going to go to the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And here's the Mark of the near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard at All Hours of the Day. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Hi, Steve and Mike. How are you guys doing? Well, the question that that Espo has is this. Yeah, I, I, I want to know how the hours are going. Now, we've talked about this, and this was relative to talking about less, like how the man does it with these hours yes. and the stamina. And, you know, how do you go from covering a night baseball game to doing a five-hour show when the five-hour show by itself is super difficult? So that's my first question for you, buddy. How are the hours treating you? When... Mitch Rosen, our program director, and I were negotiating on this and figuring out how much I could do, how much I wanted to do. One of the things that I told Mitch was, I am not Les Grobstein, as in on days that I have to cover something, that I'm compelled to cover something, Bears-wise, which I'll do next week at the, the Combine, I am not going to... Co- 
for instance, cover the combine all day and talk to players and coaches and GMs and then go to my hotel room and do an overnight. Now, <laughs> I, can't, Grober, I can't imagine how that doesn't appeal to you. Life of Grober would have, and that's what totally made Grober incredible, and that's, what, that's how Grober perfected overnight sports in Chicago. He perfected it and I don't even pretend I'm not even trying to pretend like I will be able to fill his shoes in that regard. So that's that's one thing right there. I am not going to be, you know, there might be some times where I'll extend myself a little bit, but you know, I I would like to maintain health and I, you know, agree again Mike uh, and for people who don't know, I am I'm only doing in air quotes, three days of the yeah. overnight. So that is what I, that's what I agreed to, air quotes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I agreed to do three days, not four days, not five days, three days, just so I'm not a walking zombie all the time. And I don't know how Les did it. Cause I would see less at events after or before doing an overnight and he was fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if I was to do that, I'd probably be moody and you know you know how that that feeling is like that sure. that foggy feeling and you're just sort of underneath it all the time when you haven't had enough sleep. So, hey, I mean, doing 3 days a week is not like it's a piece of cake either because after I do the 3 days, I am in that fog for a while until I you know, attempt to get 18 basically I have I am just now after having done the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday overnights what's today today is saturday. saturday i am just this is a you guys got me at a great time i am i am i am peaking right now the fact that you had to ask what the day is tells us all we need to know and, and listen yeah. anyone who's done morning drive i mean that fog is real and when you're yeah. doing it every darn night and especially yeah. the hours it's like holy cow Sure. I mean, yeah, morning drive is the same thing. So God bless Mully and Hawn doing what they do five days a week. And yeah, I mean, your body to some degree adapts and you get used to it. But there's never there's never a time when the clock strikes midnight and I open the mic and I say, yeah, this feels normal. (laughs) Well, then maybe you might as well be in that fog for the other two days and do it all five days a week as long as you're already there. Maybe that was the key to Grober's success, just living in the fog. Yeah, right. So did you ever, last week we had Ranji on. Ranji was on the show for Mark Grody. Yeah. And, and, they were, and even though Mark was on the show, mm-hmm. and now Mark Grody is our guest uh, on the Rosenblum and Grody show, and Mike Esposito is sitting in for a guy who's now guesting with us. Well, he had to do a segment, so he had to do a segment. How confusing is this, is this show going to be like 10 years from now? There's going to be so many different parts to it. Like, it's already this weird, antiquated, um, you know, ball of confusion. What's going to be in a, a decade from now? Well, the good thing about being a member of the Wake and Bake Club is you won't know. That's right. <laughs> time time is a flat circle to the yeah. Wake and Bake Club. People ever. think I just, I've always been here somehow, even though it's been years since I have been. So, you yeah, know, then we're, we're, the hey, we're, pull, we're pulling it off then. That's really all we ever yep. wanted. So what are the new, as you talked about, in covering the Bears in your day job, <laughs> the idea of going yeah. to the combine, <laughs> yeah. and they change some rules. They have some things. They're they're going to be. How will this new Bears group evaluate personnel and come back with with uh, football playing flesh or ideas on them? Will this be harder? Will this be easier? What will be different about this? What do you expect? You mean harder or easier from our standpoint? No, well, from, from yours, but also from from theirs. The Bears. 
it the Bears' job is to get every bit of information they can. It's always been about the medicals. Yeah. At the combine, but you're still looking at this version of the underwear Olympics. That what what sure. can they do? And sometimes you've been hoodwinked into this. I mean, the Bears draft guys because they could jump out of pools or run with weighted <laughs> yeah. blankets and stuff. It's really idiot stuff. Jerron Gilbert, Jerron Gilbert, right, ladies yes. and gentlemen, that was, so, he was the pool jumper. So, yeah. what will be? What are the rules that you think will have the greatest impact? And do you know how the Bears have the Bears said how they plan to deal with this, or what do you expect from them? No, they have not uh, shared with us how they are going to deal with it. But I, I think that they will have a a chance to evaluate similar to what they've had in past years. And I think that there are still so many – I mean, there, they, there still will have the interviews. There will still be the, the measurements that will go on. It's all it's all happening. So they, they will get to see it. Now it is more about w- how we evaluate them because – we did not get a lot of answers from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus in the introductory press conference. That was more of a pep rally. And that's, that's, Hey, that's the way it was supposed to be. And I understand that. And now we'll probably ask a lot of similar questions and we'll see if on Tuesday we get similar answers. I mean, you can't, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of information just the way these things go, because there's a lot that they can still keep close to their vest. But, you know, there are a number of questions about the, you know, free agents to be on the roster, like Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson and Roquan Smith and what they think of those guys. And could there potentially be some indicator news that is possible as well. And then it's just a matter of you know i i've been zeroing at least in the last couple of days looking at wide receivers that the bears might be interested in offensive linemen that the bears might be interested in so that's that's really the process and i think the most important part from i I think fans perspective at this point will will to be to hear what those two gentlemen eberflus and poles say on that tuesday well, and there's one thing too, Mark, that we definitely know, and they haven't like come out and pronounced, "Hey, we're expanding our front office." But you could tell by some of the hires they've announced that they are indeed expanding their front office, and they're they're hiring more football people, as as we will call them. Yeah, I mean that's a good thing. I mean the the Bears have an assistant general manager, which they have not had in past years. It's not clear like what his exact role will be. And I'm sure it is to it is what it is to be a, a another a voice in the room, a right hand man for for Ryan Poles. So that was refreshing to see that. And yeah, I mean they they have been making hires like almost feels like one a day, whether coaches or scouts, or as you said, Mike front office guys. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what means anything right now. I don't know if it means anything that they've hired more for the front office or, or anything that they've said right now, just because we have to see what their big first big action is and whether that's in free agency or a move in the draft to expand more than five guys, which they have right now. The Bears' first pick in the draft this year is a second rounder. So we have yet to know what the actual philosophy is of this regime until they actually do something. They could say all they want about how their goal is to build through the draft, but I think any GM worth his soul is going to say that, that, yeah, we want to build through the draft. Oh, no kidding. And and that's what, you know, Ryan Pace said, and that's what Ryan Poles said. Let's see what they do now. Our guest is Mark Grody on the Rosenblum and Grody Show, so he's our guest. Esposito's in for 
Grody. So Esposito's co-hosting for our guest, who's now our guest, who used to be a co-host here. Ryan Poles is not big on, or he said he indicated, did he actually flatly state it, I don't want to be part of the first wave of free agency because people overpaid. Did he say it that way? What have, what indications have you gotten? Because it may come down to waiting for the second wave of free agency, which comes after the draft, in which case the Bears are looking at with their second-round pick, presuming they don't get a first-round pick, they don't have it now, that it's the best left tackle they can find, the best three technique they can find, the best weak side linebacker they can find, or, I mean, available, or the best safety available. That's what, kind of the way it looks in the draft. What is Ryan Poles, what, do you, what feelings do you get? What has he said? What has he stated um, about the first wave of free agency when the when the Bears traditionally have gone knocking on someone's door at midnight? Hello, Julius well, Peppers. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send Yeah, there's been no indication that there will be any knocking at doors or a big splash free agent. And again, I'll say the same thing I said about building through the draft. Yeah. Every GM would love to wait till the second wave of free agency and <laughs> right. and score guys there. Score your you know your the Bilal Nichols of the world, the Adrian Amoses of the world. I mean, it's, we we talked about it so much yep. about Ryan Pace and his ability. His, his only real trick was drafting in in the later rounds. Even you know last year, or, or, you know with Darnell Mooney and you know getting Khalil Herbert in the sixth round last year, and you know t- uh, Kyrus Tonga if you'd like, and Thomas Graham Jr. who you know, had flashed in one game anyway. So yeah, that that's that's a trick that every single GM wants to pull off. But again, if Poles is being earnest when he says he wants to compete this year, he might have to think about making a splash in free agency as opposed to trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And maybe he is the smartest guy in the room. Maybe he is the guy that can get starters, you know, from, you know, the fourth round on and, and get picks, get multiple fifth or sixth round picks. And, you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll turn out to be big time players. Who knows? I mean, we just don't know that about him yet, but it would, I think it would behoove him to, not uh, uh, limit himself in any way, shape, or form, even if that means signing a big free agent to to your team. Because right now, the way the the Bears are built, they are perfectly under mediocre right now. You know what I mean? Like they are they are that they are that like I don't put them in the worst teams in the league, but they are mediocre. So to say or to think that they're going to rebuild this team with a bunch of later round dra- the second wave of free agency and only five draft picks I think is a little bit naive and and again that's why I am interested in knowing more about Ryan Poles' plan I think he laid out a lot of things that would be ideal it would be ideal for the bears to compete next year it would be ideal to wait until the the second wave of free agency and it would be ideal to build your team the team that is going to rule the north for a decade it would be ideal to do it through the draft but that's everybody's ideal let's see what ryan poles really does before we let you go mark um dave the cat update as requested by one of our twitter followers and what and for that, you suck. Give us the highlights this week. Oh, my God. I'm surprised you guys didn't pull the highlights. You expecting me to I, regurgitate all this stuff at no, this point? I, yeah, we just, <laughs> I mean, it was five Caesar, hours. Caesar's was... working on the baseball show, so he's oh. got inside the clubhouse. Bruce <laughs> was... Levine has him calling up. Um, well, well, you should find this. Well, I'll, I will tell you one thing. It's in there, okay? Danny Parkins. 
got uh, for that you suck. <laughs> so that was the highlight of it. Danny Parkins took it on the chin because he apparently was trying to sell when they had Paul Konerko on, did the Parkins and Spiegel show. Uh, yep. And he was trying to sell Les's recorder to yes, Paul Konerko because Konerko had had interest in that. And the, the person who crapped him, I think it was Don the Cabby. Now, now my brain is starting to work. See, you guys got me in peak form. The brain waves boom, are boom, back. Boom. So Don the Cabby thought that Parkins was Paul Konerko, and he thought it was in poor taste that that Parkins would try to sell Les's recorder to Paul Konerko. So you guys should definitely find that. It is hilarious. So that was the highlight. Other than that, I don't, I, I can't do all the work here, guys. I can't go through <laughs> five hours of For That You C- Suck. Caesar looks like he's on it already, so I think we will uh, we will have that for you later in the show, the uh, uh, the cab driver uh, crap. Oh, it's really funny. Thing. It's really funny. So right. you're welcome for programming your show as usual. Yeah, that's it. He's here. <laughs> what Mark heard. We appreciate and now it. what Mark's going to do is take a nap. Mark, thanks for That's right. Oh, this. Dave the Cat is napping, by the way. I don't know. I actually just walked into my place. I was over at Starbucks across from my place. And usually when I walk in, Dave comes out. He must have known that I was going on this sucky show, and he had no interest in hearing it. So he's yeah. buried in a closet He's got right that now. radio voice again. Let me run away to my cubby. That's what Dave the Cat is thinking. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark. Bye, guys. See you, bud. Mark Ruddy used to be on the show. It is his show. He was just on this show. Now he's not on this show anymore. Espo is. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll apologize to Eric Hasseltine. He is the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, we'll apologize for being late. We're going to talk to him. John Morant and the Grizzlies are in town to play the Bulls. You'll hear them on the score. 645 is the Swirsk's pregame show. We'll talk Bulls, Grizz, X. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.